0: I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult, where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hi, Eve.
1: Hi, Kieran. How are you? I don't want to do this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a lot of that this season. It's going to be good episodes, but it's going to be. I'm glad we have help.
1: Stuff. I'm glad we have help today because this is a hard one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do have help. I guess as sort of like a content note before we dive in, we're going to be talking about the Colorado Springs shooting. So if that's too much, skip this episode and come back when it's not too much, but it's going to be okay. We have a lot of really interesting things to talk about Colorado Springs generally and also how everything is connected, and we have two cool people with us. Would you like to introduce yourself, um, Eleanor?
2: Yes, hello. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I lived in Colorado Springs from early 2006 until late 2015.
1: And you're also a former journalist and a teacher?
2: Yes, and I still do freelance on the side. I have a blog...
1: So cover, covering this or being in the world of people covering this has been part of why you're so in the know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, and I've covered a lot of mass shootings, unfortunately, not like directly, but a lot of like passing on
1: mm-hmm.
2: like the two Texas mass shootings in 2019. I was working in a TV station during that.
1: Right. So I'm glad you could join us. Yeah. You've been a longtime friend of the pod and like, the extended, like, former Homeschoolers Anonymous universe buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And you invited a friend of yours on. Yeah, so my name's Ryan.
3: Yeah, I use uh, they, them pronouns, he, him pronouns. Again, Ryan, I... This is only my second podcast, (laughs) though. But I uh, have lived in Colorado Springs, from basically, like, April of 2017 until 2021, the end of 2021, Um, and so I only recently left, and Club Q was a community that I was a part of, and I visited frequently, and I knew a lot of the people that went there, and it kind of became like a family to me, And I even still have a lot of those people on my social medias because they're people that I develop interpersonal relationships with. And I even spent, like, pride with them um, in COVID
0: times. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm super glad that both of you are on the podcast we were talking a little bit before we started because Eleanor has a really interesting story that kind of sets the tone about Colorado Springs. I think a lot of what's missing in this discussion is context about Colorado Springs. The, so, the national
1: coverage of this incident. Yes. In particular.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, so for our our requisite palate cleanser, um, <laughs> Eleanor, would you like to, to tell the story that you were telling a couple minutes ago?
2: Yes. So... Basically, when my dad, we we moved a lot between Texas and Colorado when I was growing up. And when we moved back to Colorado Springs, my dad had been retired. And then also he was a dentist and he decided to go back to work, but have his own practice again. And he decided this time it was going to be better and different because we were going to make his orthodontic practice and ministry. And R. Yeah, <laughs> and so we bought a bunch of art from Focus on the Family, actually, and hung it up, like, in my dad's little office. As you do. Office. Sure. As you do. Good. Like, the Good. picture of George Washington praying was, like, right there. Yes, um, of we course. We played Lonely Light Praise Christian music because, you know, we couldn't do, like, the, like, other kind. No. The Yeah. <laughs> nothing with a backbeat. Nothing with a backbeat. can't have no, CCM
0: playing. What are you, no. Ethan?
2: Can't be syncopated. So we had this, like, because we were going to an IFP church and we've been to an IFP church in Dallas. That was our first church experience. It was like all homeschoolers. So my parents were like, "Oh, now we have to like only go to those churches." Oh no. And cuz we finally fit, yay.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never did that however.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we were like, hooray, we found our people, I guess." And so they actually contacted people at our church in Dallas to find a church in Colorado Springs cuz we didn't want to go church searching again and that was how we did like visit a couple places which is a whole other long weird story mm-hmm. but because uh, my parents were very anti-speaking in tongues and we accidentally went to a speaking in tongues <laughs> church
1: oh no you were you were describing um the clientele who got discounts at your yes practice he offered like he took all the military insurance
2: and he did a special discount for focus on the family. Actually, like designed a flyer that they put in their employee portal. That was like a certain percentage discount to focus on the family employees and their children that he offered. And so we had a lot of homeschool families that specifically came to us, and they were like, "Oh, I just love that my orthodontist homeschools too. This is amazing." Oh wow! <laughs> like, there's a specific family I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, and this is this is such.
1: A snapshot of what Colorado Springs is like that I think, like, a lot of people don't get. Um, Yes. Yeah. So I, I lived there for just six weeks, like, a summer, and interned at Waterbrook Multnomah as, you know, doing marketing stuff back when I was in undergrad. And so I, like, got this, like, quick dip in the pond there, and it is a weird environment. And I don't think people really understand what that community is like. Um, they think, oh, it must be like Denver, like but, but miniature. So can you describe <laughs> what they're missing <laughs> in terms of that context?
2: Well, one thing, and I know that like our church was pretty fringe, but still like, it's really not that weird for like churches in the Springs. Our IFB pastor Actually, we're technically IFCA, but same difference. He came to the opening of my dad's dental office and prayed over it. And he specifically prayed that we would be protected from the spiritual warfare that my dad would be engaging in with the Mormon dentists in our community. Because there were like a lot of Mormon dentists.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) really. (laughs) That's
3: a special kind of delusional that is so many that is questions. very
1: specific i don't have any questions i, <laughs> I know exactly what i know this wow.
2: they were very concerned that a temple would be built in denver and we were mm-hmm. supposed to like pray against it mm-hmm. pray against the mormons building a temple in denver
1: right of course
2: yes that's classic <laughs> uh, okay so but what, like what's the what's the demo?
1: demographics of this community. Like what do what do people not get?
2: I call it the red like dot in the blue state. Cause most other places in Colorado are a lot more open. There's also a weird dynamic between Colorado Springs and say Boulder, because like we had these people that lived across the street from us that the husband was Air Force vet, they both worked for folks in the family at different times, although the wife worked there longer. And they believed a lot of really odd things. Like they believed that the swine flu vaccines in oh eight oh nine were a plot from Obama to kill Christians. How exactly this works, no one knows. <laughs> I'm not sure how the vaccines would target Christians specifically if everyone gets them. I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So but
1: it's, it's, it's really an interesting community because there's this like, liberal sliver of Mm -hmm. the town that is very separate from the rest of the town that is like people who are part of the military bases or people who go to megachurches in that area or both and there's like a lot of christian organizations have their national headquarters there so Mm -hmm. there's this like idea of it being like kind of the christian capital of the u.s that yes. you wouldn't really know mm-hmm. unless you were there. Ryan, you had something you want to say.
3: Yeah. And, like, just to kind of give you a comparison to for, like, what's available to somebody that's in the LGBT community in Denver that isn't available in Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs is basically the only two places that are meant for LGBT members the one and only adult place for the longest time, I think they may have recently opened up another queer bar was club Q. Mm -hmm. Um, And the only place that was specifically designed for youth was, is inside out youth services, which was also another organization that I was a part of. Um, And they're great and they've got their own problems, but those are the only two places I over, 2021 ended up spending a little bit more time in Denver. Cause I mean, it's, it's a decent drive. It's an hour through a lot of construction and mm-hmm. windy roads and whatever. But within just like driving around, I spotted like a, we're a safe haven to the LGBT community. If you need resources, help, whatever come in this building. And I like went in there and they were so nice. And like, it was this huge building full of all of these resources and counseling and that's so doctors different you could talk to, it's wildly different. And like in Colorado Springs, the places that Ooh. are for queer folks are not clear on the outside of the mm-hmm. building because it's not safe to be so
1: right inside
3: out use services. Like it has their name on the outside, but there's no clarity as to what they are, what they do. And they have to have very strict safety protocols to make sure that everybody stays safe. And they have to have conversations about like what to do if somebody enters the building that shouldn't be there and is there to cause harm. Mm. Uh, Eleanor,
1: is there, just because I'm thinking about the Planned Parenthood shooting that Eleanor was talking about, what's the connection to here to what Ryan is describing to how that Um, shooting affected the community?
2: So there's been multiple mass shootings within Colorado as a whole, but um, within the Springs and like there was the new life church shooting in 2007, which involved homeschool kids that were killed and also a homeschooled shooter. And then that there was the Planned Parenthood shooting in 2015. Um, And I mean, I made national coverage and everyone was talking about, wow, like, you know, somebody just went in and like shot people because he believed a bunch of abortion propaganda. And, but like, that's a very real tension. Like I think within the community that that could happen at any time. And everyone's very aware of it. Cause like, there's just a very weird tense. It's not this way other places, like even in the deep South there, like specifically in Colorado Springs, there's this tension between like, The LGBT friendly, queer, spoken word hippie community that usually gathers like more around Manitou and stuff, more in the south part, like old Colorado City, that area. And even like the more fundamentalist evangelical people have tried to squash that before. One of my friends in the Springs told me how like they tried to shut down the bar district when Focus first moved to town. They tried to like eliminate all the bars, apparently yeah mm-hmm. yeah, because of course and then there's like academy district 20 where like i think karen didn't you share a tweet about the seven mountain Dominionisms, dominionism oh, stuff
0: probably in
2: colorado springs i think so because i went and like watched all the interviews on there and they were talking about people trying to get onto the school boards at academy school district 20 which is that same
0: mm-hmm. northern
2: area where like all the christian ministries are and all the like people with more affluence who are extremely more conservative slash Christian oriented are all kind of centered up there. Like there's actually a funny map. If you look at those, like I forget what they're called, but they're like funny internet maps. they like label different parts of the city. And so like in the North part of the Springs, there's one that says Jesus, even more Jesus. lots of Jesus, <laughs> like, And it's really funny, but it's so true because like that yeah. area where that is, and there were people trying to, like, influence the school birds and harass teachers about their classroom libraries, apparently. And all that is kind of centered in that area of the Springs. But then, like, I did some, like, basically, like, baby student teaching in college. And I was w- would work in the south side of the Springs. And that was largely, like, Hispanic. And it was had a totally different flavor than, like, that north part that was very evangelical. Mm-hmm. And, and the north
3: part. The north part with all the fundy folks and all the Christianity stuff is also where all of the money is put too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. the school district that pays the most. It's the school district that has predominantly white kids,
4: mm-hmm. and it's the school
3: district that the teachers from what I've been told by some of my other teacher friends in that area is the best school district per se to like go to, mm-hmm.
4: uh, because
3: you're actually going to get paid a little bit better, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all about white supremacy. Mm
2: -hmm. Yup. And And something
3: else about the whole Planned Parenthood shooting and about the Club Q shooting is that the biggest thing that they have in common too is that when you demean people's lives so much so to a point that they don't, that their life doesn't matter as much as your life does and you teach that so consistently over years Mm -hmm. and Of course people are going to think that it's okay to murder us. Mm
4: -hmm. Like,
3: if you think that my life is when I die, if you think I'm just going to burn in hell for eternity, of course you don't think that my life matters because I might as well be sent there now. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like, that's the idea. And it's like, if you can't see human life for the value that it has, that's messed up. And that's what Christianity fails to see.
1: Ryan, you were describing an experience in your time there in the Springs that I think was really illuminating before we started rec- recording. Do you want to talk about what you were describing?
3: With the resources or at Hill? Both. Oh,
1: yeah, but so- yes. But yes. <laughs> One into <laughs> the other. Connected. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I left a domestic violence situation with a very, very young child. He was only three and a half months old when I left. And so I had a really hard time and looking for resources in that area was near impossible. I reached out to every resource in town. I still have a whole booklet of every single resource that Colorado Springs has to offer, which there are not many. Mm -hmm. And all of the housing resources specifically, but not just that, they're all Christian based. One of them, you had to go to their church. And that one was specifically with New Life Church. You had to go there.
1: Which, for those and of I you who don't know, <laughs> is a mega church with a b- big backstory, but we'll get there.
3: <laughs> yeah. And then another one of them called Mary's Home. I did one interview with them. It was very clear from their website and from everything I had read about them, that they were a very Christian organization and I'm trans. And so I decided in that moment that my need for safety meant that I had to hide who I was. Mm. And that's a really messed up conclusion to have to come to, but I decided that's what I had to do because I had a kid to take care of. And I was willing to do anything to make sure that he was taken care of and safe and happy. And so I went into my first interview with them and they loved me. Like They were like, great. Yeah, we want to move forward. It's going to be between you and one other person. We'll have you come back for another interview and you'll meet more people and whatever. And I went back for the second interview towards the end. Somebody else walked in. It was like the highest that person that you talk to in these interviews. I don't know what their title was. And she asked me, are you trans? Like point blank. Straight out, Point blank. Are you trans? And I said, no. And she said, well, I don't think that uh, you really know what you want. And I don't think you'll be a good fit for this place, for Mary's home. Um, But once you figure that out, feel free to come back. Wow. And wow. So I was like, you want me to figure out who I am while living in a car with the, uh, like a toddler with a baby? Like that's going to work out real well.
0: Mm.
3: Um, but because of that, because of the lack of resources, there is, there's not really a way for people to get on their feet, which is why there's such a high houseless population and a large portion of the young houseless people in Colorado Springs are queer mm-hmm. because of their parents kicking them out. There's Surprise! Even, there's a, yeah. There's a youth shelter in Colorado Springs that is for those that are 18 to 21. And it is mostly queer mm-hmm. youth. Um, and they are an affirming space they're not great about it, but they're better than expected, especially in a place like this. Mm -hmm. But they had to build resources specifically for that because of the environment that this city is. And like at one point I ended up sleeping in my car when there was snow like knee deep outside of Club Q. And I would go there because my son had to stay with somebody else because of being denied all of these resources. I got denied literally every form of housing assistance there was, even though I'm chronically ill, I'm a single parent, I escaped domestic violence, and I still didn't qualify. And I was sleeping outside of Club Q because I would go there every day after working and just hang out until they closed so I'd have a warm place to be. And then I would just run my car until it was warm and then go to sleep. And one night I woke up and my car wouldn't start like two or three in the morning, the snow was like knee deep. And I called the police because I literally couldn't feel my body. And they said, if you're not in a road, we won't help you. Hmm. Wow. And everybody had already left from Club Q. And I kept calling people and the person who answered was actually a Drag Queen from Colorado Springs, uh, from Club Q. And they... Uh, I won't say their name because i didn't ask first but (laughs) they are amazing and they came and they helped me and i didn't freeze to death that night because Mm. of this person Mm. and after that is when i went into the shelter but i was so scared because of how horrible people are and the Mm -hmm. adult shelters for people over 21 are terrifying it's like if you're trans you Need to be worried. You're not allowed to go into the section of like your gender. It has to be by your sex. Mm. And like they, it's um. I'm trying to think of the name of the um, the Salvation Army. I think. Yeah, it's the Salvation Army, and I'm sure everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so, we have covered them <sighs> extensively.
3: Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, it's really bad.
1: Yikes. So you really did find a, a home at Club Q, through Club Q.
3: Yeah, and Derek, one of the victims that didn't make it, he always made sure I had water and something to eat, even when I didn't have any money. Like Aww. He was always a bright and smiling face, just to make sure I was okay. And Ed, he was one of the victims that was shot, but he's gonna make it. He's had like five surgeries so far. He, after I went back to school and graduated, because I had to drop out of school, he bought me a computer to make sure that I could like do college. And, like, yeah.
1: And Eleanor, you were saying you had you had some really positive memories that, at Club Q as well.
2: Yeah. And like Ryan was saying, there's not a lot of positive LGBT resources in Colorado Springs. I mean, they they definitely exist, but they are not the majority, I would say. And I went a couple of times in college around it was like my last year of college, like fall 2014, like maybe early 2015 as well. And I didn't go a lot cause usually I was like the drag nights and so you need a cover and I didn't have money because for college student. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I would have gone a lot more often if like I'd had the money to go. Although I think Ryan was telling me that like you didn't always have to have a cover and I had the impression that you always did. So I just didn't go cause I was like, well, I don't have money, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it was always a very like warm, supportive atmosphere and like the actually because I'm neurodivergent the sound system sometimes would make my ears ring because it wasn't like the highest quality sound system so that's also why I didn't go super often but it was only like two blocks from my first apartment and there was a bowling alley right behind it that I went to several times like actually when I was still in my fundamentalist church and it's like an area I'm very familiar with was very comfortable going to and my college actually has an LGBT office. It's University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. And they have a mosaic office. And I still remember going in there when I had first, like, very first baby experimented with dating in a queer way.
4: <laughs> and
2: I remember going in there and there's this um, really awesome, like, butch lesbian lady there who was running it. And I told her, I was like, so I did this thing and, like, I think I like like you know afab people basically and so she was like oh baby gay (laughs) (laughs) she was like like, it's okay i was like but i know my parents would be like really mad if they knew because like this was very very early this was only like i'd only been out like two years and of my parents house and so she was like, it's okay. Not out, like, out. just
1: like escaped Yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: escaped out, not out of the closet yet. I didn't come out of the closet till 2016, but this was like 2014, so it was like two years before, and I was just barely like feeling this out. I was trying dating like cis guys, and then like, okay, I don't know if I like this very much as much, and then like, oh, and then like I was dating somebody else who was raised quiverful, actually. Hmm. And had had a lot of siblings, and we worked together at the student newspaper. So, and I was like, "So this is happening, and I think I really like it." And she was like, "Yes, that's fine."
0: (laughs) Sometimes you just need someone to be like, like, "Yes, yes, Yes. welcome to the club. (laughs) Good job." Actually,
3: Eleanor was that person for me, for me to realize that it was okay to be queer.
1: No. We get each other out. That's how this works. It is how it works. That's <laughs> yeah.
3: exactly
0: how it works.
2: Also, also, um, Amber Cantorna, I don't know if y'all are aware of her, but she's like the daughter of one of the folks in the family executives who did Adventures in Odyssey. And she wrote a book called Refocusing My Family. And yes, it's really good. I, I have not heard it. of this. Okay. Oh, okay. Yo, you have to read it. I mean, if you have time. But Uh, it came out around I think 2017 and it was so intensely relatable to read because everything she described like the first person that she dated being like the reason that you ended up like sleeping with them was because you both had a lot of like problems (laughs) like because she also like was expressing her love for like one of her first partners because that person had a struggle with self harm. And that was something that I had done also. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we have, like, the same first dating story and the same first story about, like, our parents freaking out. It was (laughs) intensely relatable. It made me cry. And then it talks about how when she, like, left Colorado Springs for good because she tried to, like, go through all the, like, counseling her parents wanted to put her through. Of course, yeah. Yes, she tried. And then she was like, nope, I'm out. And she found an affirming church in Denver. And that's the thing is, like, a lot Hmm. of people do end up fleeing to Denver. Yeah. Yeah, and like if I ever went back to Colorado, I would live in Denver. I couldn't do the Springs again. Honestly, Denver, Denver is a yeah. much
1: safer feeling place, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So she met her I wife like always wanted like, at to church. live in Denver.
2: Yeah, she met her wife at the church in Denver and yeah, her her story ends up really well, but her parents don't talk to her at all.
0: Of course not. Surprise. No. <laughs> no that was uh, that be... That's such shocking
3: information. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the first I've heard of this happening.
3: <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> yeah, her book is really really good.
0: I'm okay, add that well, to the list.
1: Yeah, definitely adding to the list. I I kind of want to place this shooting in the constellation of these these kinds of events. I think there's there's something some background here that would be useful for people to understand if they don't already the like the perhaps the Ted Haggard influence mm-hmm. on the community and that history here in the springs and then you know for the larger queer community like the connections to Pulse and like let's kind of like put this
0: in larger context. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with Ted Haggard cuz who is Ted Haggard? <laughs> Ted, Google Ted Haggard New Life and then you will find everything you need to know. <laughs> and was yes. he trying to anoint the city with cooking oil? Is that the same person? Okay. Probably. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, I feel I think I like I I've always felt kind of bad for Ted Haggard, but like that's that's neither here nor there.
2: I also like okay, so I the first encounter I had with Ted Haggard was like not I've never actually met him, but I went to, like, my parents were watching one of those, like, NBC news interviews, and they interviewed Ted Haggard, and it was in 2005, right before we were going to move to the Springs, and my dad was like, oh, let's watch this, because, like, it has to do with Colorado Springs, and I didn't like him from that initial interview, I felt like he was a sort of pastor that you definitely couldn't trust, and there's also been some more recent Abuse allegations against him. Yeah, he
1: was he was always deeply duplicitous, but yes, like very deeply. I kind of this may be fucked up, but I kind of lump him in in my mind with Josh Harris, with the like both a victim of the system and also like per you know continue to perpetuate it.
2: I could definitely see that.
1: Okay, but he, like for those who don't know yeah. who he is and what he did, like let's like give yes, it, like, yeah. the bare bones of the story. Yeah, the bare bones. <laughs> Yeah,
2: so he was the president of the National Association of Evangelicals. He got interviewed in World Magazine for that and was the head of New Life Church and started it apparently out of his basement. And he was much more charismatic than any church my parents were comfortable with. They would do a lot of like exorcism type stuff and including anointing the city with oil. Apparently they anointed like a whole city block. I was trying to find the old articles and the closest I could find was an old Harper Article on the Wayback Machine on the internet, mm-hmm. where it talks about they went around and like basically just sprayed things with cooking oil. They were like, "In the name of Jesus, like be blessed" or wow. something.
0: <laughs> Anointing it, yeah. With yes. Pam, I mean, how else are you going to keep the demons and secular people out? You have to anoint your your door frame with Pam, obviously. Right, like it used to be right. jack o' lanterns, but we've since evolved, and now it comes in a spray can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> jack-o'-lanterns are the devil now anyway
0: right. It's
2: fine. and like the weirdest thing right. is like my next door neighbor actually like she would go on walks around our neighborhood and she was like very afraid of whenever our neighbors would have a drum circle because she thought it brought the demons but she would go like, <laughs> that's not racist at all right <laughs> right oh, my God. yeah although I don't know if it was white people having a drum circle or not but it's besides the point I mean our neighborhood was very much white people but yes and she would take this like spray bottle and it had like cooking oil and like I guess some kind of mixture in it some kind of incense and she would go around and like spray people's driveways if she thought like they had demons and it was kind of like non-consensual witchcraft is what I like to call it because it's like it's what witches do but like you didn't ask them if that was
1: cool so okay so then Ted Haggard's fall from grace yeah so it um... wasn't
0: anointing the city with oil that was fine
1: Yeah, nobody had a problem with that.
0: Okay. <laughs> Public maybe. works, no issue. Just It was anointing a
1: different kind of entrance with a different kind of oil. Oh wait. gosh.
4: Uh. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh my word. <laughs> so standard fall from grace then. Normal yes. stuff we've seen pass yes. all the time, all the time. Oh, okay.
2: But instead of sleeping with the church secretary, it was a gay prostitute in Denver. And it came out right before an election, because, of course, wow. there was an important election that was about to go down in Colorado. And it was like literally, I think, two or three weeks, if I remember right, before the midterms. And everyone's like, oh, it's just coming out because of the midterms. And basically, this gay prostitute went on the news in Denver and was like, I have slept with Ted Haggard and sold him meth.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I forgot about
2: the meth. Also,
1: I, I believe we're, we we are saying sex worker these days. Uh, but yes. Oh yes, thank you. Um, yeah. So, it, like, of course, this also made world news. Um, right. And by that, I mean the magazine. Uh, yes. It was not as bad a scandal as the Amy Grant scandal, but it definitely had more of a lasting impact on yes. his career in the community. <laughs> he was yes. not able to recover from it.
2: No, they actually asked him to sign a contract and well also, also the way it came out was like it basically evolved over several days. I remember I would listen to like this one specific Christian radio station that didn't play syncopated music <laughs> and the announcer on that station that Can't day have the demons. <laughs> yes, exactly. The announcer that day was like, Oh, we're gonna pray for Pastor Ted, da 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 New Life Church and I went and asked my parents what's going on and mm. they were like, Well something there's some kind of accusation, but it's probably like not true. Like And then he finally admitted to the meth at one point, but not like sleeping with the gay sex worker. And then he like admitted to more of it. And then there was a letter read one night at the church. I think he wasn't even there. And he and his wife both wrote a letter. And his wife was like, "I'm so shocked by this. This is horrible. But I'm standing by my man." Oh yeah. It was like a whole thing. (laughs) And then they both like
3: we. We know that the most homophobic people are very queer and just very scared about it. So
1: sometimes sometimes this is true, not always, but often. Not always, yeah. But
3: yeah.
1: I'm not so. willing to li- give Lindsay Graham
0: a pass, sorry. Like <laughs> no. Yes. no. They don't okay. get a pass no matter what, because they're still hurting up no, no. your community, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, um, which is the point I want to circle back to later,
2: yeah, 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 we'll come back to this <laughs> also, so I but so this is like know.
1: this is like this is like big community lore within Colorado mm-hmm. Springs because new life is not a small part of the community, New life is like it's it's got its fingers in everything. And yes. it's a really big draw for people in the community. And so it becomes this, like, you talk to people from Colorado Springs, and you, like, mention New Life or Ted Haggard, and, like, there's just, like, this, like, instant, intense reaction. Mm-hmm. Yes. So to, like, you can't just, like, be in that community and, like, not know about this.
2: Yes. Yes and also like everything is really interconnected like even for being a decently big city a lot of things in Colorado Springs are super connected so like ted haggard left and went to school in arizona and said he got counseling and then he came back to Colorado springs and, like started a second church mm-hmm. um which apparently is now dying because of new abuse allegations but i remember going to our chiropractor like because my parents finally decided going to a chiropractor was okay and this was around like 2010 as long as you don't
1: get vaccines like chiropractors are fine. right yes.
2: they were like i guess chiropractors are okay because my parents actually sometimes believed in science because my dad was a dentist. So, so certain things were very cool. If with it involves treatment.
0: bones, it's fine.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. Bones
1: are real.
0: Everything else is fake. Got it. Got it.
2: And my kids <laughs> used to be much more pro-science. And recently they've made this like weird detour during the pandemic. But anyway, that's a whole side tangent. But we went to this chiropractor. And I remember this lady was talking on the phone and she was like, oh yeah, the documentary and like, we're going to talk to all these churches, blah, 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 blah. blah." And all of a sudden I get this feeling like I'm sitting across from her in the waiting room. and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Ted Haggard's wife. Like she looks familiar. <laughs> yes. And then like she hangs up and then the chiropractor comes out and says, okay, Gail, come on back. And I was like, oh, because I knew he went to new life church. And I was like, oh my gosh. Ah, that was his wife.
0: The world is <laughs> so was- tiny.
2: Yes! So my parents went to the same oh,
0: so
2: chiropractor. Well, my parents went to the same chiropractor as Ted Haggard's wife, apparently.
3: Yeah, Colorado Springs definitely, like, even though it is a pretty big city, it definitely has the small town feel.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, like, there have been so many, like, small town Texas kind of moments that I've had in Colorado Springs with people. Like, people that I didn't even realize that I used to know. And then I re-meet like two years later in a completely different context and then we figure it all out. It's wild.
2: That's also why like I thought about exploring kink in Colorado Springs, but I was really, really scared. And I decided if I ever did it, I was going to do it in Denver. (laughs) And then I didn't actually do it until I moved back to Texas.
4: (laughs) Too
0: too small Way too small a town for that. Yeah.
3: And the kink community in Colorado Springs is uh very turfy yeah
0: too.
1: oh i believe it i believe yeah. it's like a lot of s- swingers yeah
0: yeah it doesn't seem um, like a good place to try that
1: that's, <laughs> yeah it's the military basis yes, uh, yes. <laughs> okay and then and then this also so like the the shooting i think has and the like the palpable homophobia in this community. I think really kind of, it goes back to the Ted Haggard stuff. I think that's like kind of encapsulates like the vibe of the town (laughs) toward our community. And then there's a lot of echoes in this, this particular incident with the, or like a lot of elements of this incident that echo the pulse shooting and Eleanor, you and I both had like really formative reactions to the Pulse shooting.
2: Yeah, yeah, like Pulse basically um, was why I ended up coming out in 2016 to everyone on the internet. I had kept a lot of things about that a secret, partly because the person that I had first dated was also ex fundy And like we were keeping it a secret from our families in general because of them not being at all accepting. And when I, I was just so tired of people saying things like, Oh, you know, like kind of, I don't know, they wouldn't say it outright, but it was always had that feeling of like, well, Mm -hmm. happened to some like gay people. And I was like, but you don't get it. Like I am, I am one of those people Mm
4: -hmm. and
2: I want you to care Mm -hmm. like that it happened. Like, I know that you care about the Walmart shootings. I know you care about the school shootings because it's kids. I want you to care about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: this could be me. And, like, if you love me, I want you to care. So that, like, pushed me out. And I ended up writing a piece that went on the Huffington Post, which actually helped me get my first journalism job, ironically. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting that, like, you know, people will – coalesce and support each other like around say the you all day shooting or something like that but this is maybe not going to get the same kind of like broader community like support and like communal mourning because it's queer in such a homophobic town Mm -hmm. it's really interesting just like Pulse happened in a different environment like the way being queer in the U.S was a lot more safe and open ended. I think it felt more of a surprise. I was living in a Central Asian Muslim country when the pulse shooting happened and like had just the like the night before been at an underground gay club in Bishkek where like people were having to leave like in heterosexual couples to like not get caught by the police who were like patrolling the area like so it felt very intense for me to have just been in that environment and then see what was happening in back home and it it made me want to come out also like I was kind of like passive about coming out and just kind of like did the thing where you act like everybody knows already and just like let them figure it out but it was it made it important for me to like own it in a way that like was a statement so that I could be part of that community in that kind of more open way. And I, I think it's really just, it's a very different national reaction. Mm-hmm. 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 Like we have had so much like collective homophobia and transphobia that has become part of the national discourse in ways that like was not acceptable or open in 2016 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when pulse happened there was a lot more like national like sympathy and like uniting around this like this moment of grief. And I'm just not seeing the same reaction to Club Q
0: or the victims of Club Q. Yeah, I don't like,
2: know if it's because we're getting desensitized to mass shootings or, like, what is behind that?
0: Well, I think some of it is possibly that, but I think a lot of it has to do with, like, people are calling in bomb threats at Boston's Children, like, every mm-hmm. fucking day. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. have huge platforms where they're actively and explicitly telling people to commit violence. Lips of TikTok against exists. To the Absolutely. queer community. Yes. And, yeah. And like all of the political and spiritual leadership are like thoughts and prayers in it or turning the other way entirely. Like there is no, like even like I, I woke up on T-Door Berlin time. T day, day of remembrance, and I Just looked at my phone. The day after the shooting, mm-hmm. it was like because the shooting happened at like eleven fifty p.m. on the nineteenth, Denver time. Yeah, and for me, it was like middle of the day, trans day of remembrance time, and I look at my phone and it's like there's a shooting at Club Q in Colorado Springs, and I have never been to Colorado Springs. But I know the address to Focus on the Family by heart because I listened to the fucking radio when I was a kid. Me too. But I saw I saw Club Q and I like, my heart just sunk immediately to the pit of my stomach, and I was like, "This is a pulse thing." Like, and I looked it up, and yeah. it was like, "Yep, this is the yeah. one and only queer club in Colorado Springs." And I was just like, on the cusp of the it's day not, that we remember our death, This is intentional, like. Yeah.
3: A majority of those who died were trans individuals,
0: mm-hmm. yep. And like just watching this unfold from the other side of the planet, like no one's talking about this, no one is like, like I mean obviously the community is talking about it, like I'm seeing people talk about it, but that's because I'm queer and trans and weirdly connected to Colorado Springs, right? And like,
1: like our our community is talking about it, but like, mm-hmm. no one in my household brought it up.
2: Really? Um, people did that with Pulse. Yeah, people, like, people like, were talking that's about what I it. Say.
1: People did it with Pulse. People are talking yeah. about it, but people are not talking about it this way. Like, wow. Like, I have a coworker who is gay, and he texted me, but like, no one else. And like I'm open at work like no one else like said anything and it was just you know it's 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 heartbreaking it's really it's really isolating I think
3: yeah yes well and something else too is that the way that the media handled it um in the beginning wasn't great because I have friends that went to like the first couple of memorials that happened And they were held at the Unitarian Universalist Church in Colorado Springs. And it was just a media circus. And they were shoving cameras and crying people's faces. Even, like, without their consent and with them explicitly saying that you do not have my consent to take my photo. Hmm. Because they were, like, completely having a breakdown because these were people that they loved. And, Mm -hmm. like... And the same people were the people that I loved because I lost two close friends in the shooting. And they used it just as a media piece and not as, like, Mm -hmm. these are real people that their Mm -hmm. lives feel like they were ripped out from beneath them. And, like, one of my friends, even though she told them, do not put my picture on the news because she was not out. They put her picture on the front page that was of my a huge newspaper. I was wondering um, if that was, that was, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't out to everybody. And I don't know, like, what she's going to do because everybody at her work, when she went back, knew what had happened to her.
4: Mm-hmm. Without
3: her even being able to tell the story or being able to just grieve privately. And so I'm all for That's so the dangerous. Attention. Yeah, it is. It's beyond dangerous. And the people that are supposed to be there to help keep everybody informed need to make sure that they're doing it appropriately.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that that's something that Ryan and I have been talking about a lot because Ryan had me like talk, you know, give him some advice to talk to his friend about that because I've worked in journalism. But I was like, yeah, no, that's not how you're supposed to handle that. Like when I was with Tegna, um, which is the company that owns the news station that I worked for because I've worked in both print and TV. We had like all this trauma-informed training how like when you go up to someone who's just suffered a tragedy, you are supposed to approach them like gently and Mm -hmm. tell them like, hey, I'm really sorry this is happening to you. And here's my contact information. I would love to help you tell your loved one's story when you are ready to do so. If you're not ready to speak right now, that is also okay. Here's my business card. There's there's clear
1: industry Mm -hmm. best practices for how to do this. And like, it's like... I think that, you know, your friend could absolutely go to the publisher of the newspaper and be like, you owe me for this. This is fucked up. And, like, they would have to settle somehow. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know.
3: Yeah. And the other thing is, too, is that I think that – so I only recently learned about the fact that in Stonewall that the owners of the, like – bars and stuff were actually like the mafia and that's the only reason they got away with being able to have a queer bars because they paid the police off Mm -hmm. um and I realized that those predatory practices and those are the kind of people that try and insert themselves into the queer community Mm -hmm. and into owning and because like in every community there's drama but like it it ends up becoming like taking away from the focus of what's happening and that's something else I've been seeing a lot because people are like oh well I thought that this person did this thing from that bar and it's like mm-hmm. yeah but people still were murdered.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. Somebody
3: had to somebody literally had to tackle a shooter with two weapons and hurt themselves in that process and like to stop this to stop him from murdering more people
1: mm-hmm. and while we're on it with the media fuck-ups for how this has been covered it should be noted that the the initial reports of it being a drag queen who stomped on him when it was a trans woman
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, by uh, the yeah. way, is my hero now. Like, yes, please, need mm-hmm. more of that energy. Stomping right. on a shooter in stilettos on his <laughs> face? Yes. <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> our I saw the.
3: I saw the picture from his booking photo, and they fucked him. I only up.
0: wish it had gone, like... I, I wish that she had more time on his face with her heel. <laughs> yeah. That is my only complaint. Well,
3: they also used his weapon an unfinished art yes. project.
0: Like oh, it was so good.
3: Um, to yeah, to whip him. Yeah, I, I oh. think
1: I think also another thing that has not been covered sufficiently or well is both of you all pointed out that the the vandalism of the focus mm-hmm. on the family mm-hmm. sign is related. Can you unpack that for us?
3: Yeah. So I think that it's something that we've all been thinking. Um,
2: what happened that,
3: first? So uh, focus on the family. They have a huge sign for anybody who doesn't know that it just says focus on the family and somebody graffitied on it. I'm trying to remember exactly what it said, but essentially it was, their blood is on your hands like Mm -hmm. this is your fault you need to take responsibility fix your shit this blood is your blood to deal with and it was taken down immediately it was cleaned up immediately and i'm sure they probably have a camera on it now but eleanor do you remember what i initially said should have been written on there i can't remember now
2: oh i can't remember now yeah, it's escaping me. Also, like, those days were pretty chaotic right afterwards. There's I was, a lot like, happening. The, yes. I was on a road trip, and then I pulled up. I was trying to get a picture of the graffiti because I really wanted one, and it was already gone by the time I got there. But uh, KKTV had interviewed, um, like, folks in the family about it, and they were like, oh, no, we don't hate gay people. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> but,
1: like, we hate the sin, not them. Yes, yeah, so it's it's pointing fingers at focus on the family. I think it's like we, like again we talked about the environment of this city and the like the community mm-hmm. dynamics and like if you don't know Colorado Springs, it feels very isolated and separate. Like, oh, this could be just like some person who listened to a lot of Adventures in Odyssey who's mad about you know conversion therapy or something. Or spanking (laughs) and James Dobson, like it could be, it could feel, yeah, any number of like adjacent but unrelated things. But I, I think it was, it was pointed at like the victims of Club Q. Their blood Mm -hmm. is on your hands. Like I think that's a like direct line being made there, right?
3: And I think that's something that a lot of people don't seem to realize, especially if you've never visited Club Q or Colorado Springs, is that. People kept saying, "Well, it could have been any bar." But keep in mind that downtown Colorado Springs is where the majority of the bars are, and Club Q is nowhere near downtown.
4: Mm. It is tucked uh-huh. away
3: behind a like strip of uh, stores. Like, if you don't know it's there, you don't know it's there. He specifically had to find it, and it's
1: it was because yeah. it was a gay bar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was because it was connected to Trans Day of Remembrance. It was because there was going to be the drag queen show the next day that night.
3: Yeah, so at eleven a.m. on Sundays they have a drag queen brunch story time thing Mm -hmm. where they um, it's an all ages brunch and they have a drag queen read a story to the kids and they do a drag show and it's all like all ages appropriate so they don't have like any things showing and like the language is toned down and the songs are more appropriate for kids and nobody's getting drunk (laughs) like Mm -hmm. those are all things that I've heard before like oh well you don't want your kids around that well it's Mm -hmm. not like that because it's specifically for kids to be in a safe and welcoming Mm -hmm. environment and that's not the only time that Club Q like opens up to families it's every holiday like thanksgiving and christmas they have meals there for everybody i actually met somebody there that he has become my little brother person that i've looked out for him and become like a big brother to him and we met at the uh, christmas that they had in 2020
1: yeah family family is made there it
3: is a community hub
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. did you ever go with draco
2: i can't remember
3: oh yeah my son has been yeah. in club Q many times portia one of the drag queens there's lots of pictures of her holding him she just has n- no idea really what to do with them because <laughs> she doesn't have any kids but she's <laughs> like i don't know what to do with them he's adorable
0: really <laughs> him.
3: and she would like bring him on stage because he just loves being the limelight of attention And he would just, like, follow her around on stage, and it was just amazing. And they never treated him like he was an inconvenience, even though he is neurodivergent and struggles a lot with behavior and maybe doing things that other kids would know not to do.
1: I think maybe we can just kind of wind down and talk about the ways to support the community fundraisers for the families of in front of the victims.
3: Yeah, I I have a bunch of those links that I believe I've sent y'all to upload. The uh, link, just so that way everybody knows for the Atruvita, at the microbrewery, um, the guy that owns it with his wife, his wife is the brewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that tackled the shooter mm-hmm. um, to kind of connect that story a little bit. And then there are lots of different fundraisers for uh, the victim's families, including one is a college fund for the either 11 or 13-year-old daughter of one of the victims. It was Ashley's daughter, if I'm remembering correctly, Um, so that way she can go to college. And then there's a couple of meal trains going on for people that are coming out of surgery. um, And they're... There's also a couple that both of them were injured, um, but luckily survived, and they've got kids at home. Okay, that it was both of their parents. So those mm-hmm. fundraisers are in there as well.
1: Okay, thank you. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes.
2: I really like how you called it the Colorado Springs ecosystem because it like really is in so many ways. Because you've got like Focus on the Family, Compassion International navigators Mm -hmm. like half a dozen other things john and stacy eldridge like a lot of people go to colorado springs and that was in the tweet that like i think kieran had shared about the interviews about seven mountains dominionism was that there's like a weird amount of ties going on like in that movement like actually between like Mm -hmm. colorado springs and texas too and like one of the interviews was talking about something about how they were trying to train kids to use weapons or something in Texas. And then like one person had recently moved to Colorado Springs. And I was like, well, of course. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. But like, yeah. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. And then like uh David Burton with the wall builders was connected. Like all the things are like kind of connected.
0: Yeah. Like, ah. Yeah. Like both both Colorado Springs and like wherever the mega churches are in Texas are like huge hubs of the just like Christo-fascist industrial complex. Yes. The the like affluent side of the Christo-fascist industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah. Because their whole thing is like you take over, and this is where the seven mountains of dominionism comes in, is it's like you take over media, you take over education, you take over like. Which I will just like. Business. Forever
1: and always say they stole directly from Antonio Gramsci and. I find that deeply hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: And I, I was driving on my road trip, actually, and I drove through Lubbock, Texas, and there was this giant billboard that was like the Seven Mountains Mandate. I was like, oh, no, oh. have a billboard. And I was like really creeped out. I think I called you, Ryan. <laughs> Didn't I call you? I was like, ah, the Seven yeah. Mountains people are here, too. No. They're <laughs>
4: everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs>
2: yes. I was yeah. bothered. Also, Jerry B. Jenkins, I think, had a writer's group that used to meet in the back of a Mardell's. I would hear these things from my other homeschool friends. They were like, oh, yeah, guess what? You could go to Jerry B. Jenkins' writer's group. And I was like, how about no? Because I, I have, like, mm. my mom would read me Left Behind when I was, like, eight or nine. Yeah. And, like, hint that I might not make the rapture. And one time they went and walked the dog when we were living in <laughs> Western Colorado. And I was like, my whole family's gone and the dog. But I thought dogs didn't get raptured.
1: So how does, <laughs> The wait, dog how does was a better gone? Christian than you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, the normal coming coming of age story in yes.
3: fundamental <laughs> evangelicalism so good yes. well, and you know that you like were really a part of it when you were like out of it and then you suddenly like come home and you thought people were home but you can't find anybody yes. hiding, and you're like wait wait a yes. minute hold on
0: was, was i wrong all along and then i yes, have to remember yeah. that my partner isn't a christian and never has been a christian so there's no way that she would be raptured <laughs> right
3: and this has happened kicking and screaming to me and my roommate <laughs> like we both had this experience for no reason oh my god and none the, of the paranoia started. it
1: runs so deep
2: that reminds me of how like i took um one of my trans friends uh to my church in texas actually and like she was like i think i might explode upon entering any church and like i told mullet jesus about this and he was like oh no no we haven't had any flame bursters since the downtown church at least because they like (laughs) recently relocated he's like (laughs) no no we don't have that anymore it's okay it's fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) mullet jesus is a a friend of Eleanor's. (laughs) yes well thank you so much for coming on here i know this is like a really terrible reason to get to hang out with y'all but it's it's nice to have this community to you know chat about these things with
3: and if we don't use our voices to actually explain the real reasons that this is happening nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna actually pay attention Mm -hmm. yeah
1: if you our listeners want to find you and support you or follow you where should they go or should they go anywhere
3: uh you can find me on tiktok it's ryan r-i-a-n underscore miles m-y-l-e-s awesome
2: and i have a blog it's eleanorwritesthings.com and also it's the same on my tiktok too and instagram and I have a Twitter, but I don't know how much long we'll have Twitter because it's kind of burning up. R.I.P. <laughs> uh,
0: rip Twitter.
3: <laughs> There's now this whole thing going on between Elon Musk and Caitlyn Jenner.
0: Oh, God. Jenner. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, This has been good. Thank you, good. everybody, for listening.
4: Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cool Podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.